Welcome to Fishing Without Bait, a lifetime without definitive expectations. Whether you've got here by accident or on purpose, we're glad you're here. If you're welcome nowhere else, you're certainly welcome here. The only entrance requirement is the honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness to try, where we help people create their lives, not find their lives. I'm Jim Ellermeyer. I'm a behavioral health therapist, and today I'm joined by my new friend, Reverend Ron Hunt. Ron, welcome aboard. We appreciate it, Jim. Thanks for having me. So, Ron, we talked a little bit before the show about how this program is about helping people understand how you got here from there. So let's talk about there for a moment for a while, Ron. Yeah, so uh, originally I'm from Stanton Heights area, so right in the Pittsburgh area. Uh, my mother's actually a retired Pittsburgh police officer. My father, he retired as a lineman from Verizon. Uh, he's also a pastor as well in the Newcastle area. And um, I think that's where it, it all really started for me when I was younger. Um, I wasn't quite as tall and, and, and muscular as I am now. I was kind of like that short, chunky kid. So, you know, I got bullied. I wore braces. I was a safety patrol officer. I went to Sunnyside. Like, I, I, you know, I'm right right in the neighborhood. So Sounds like you were a member of the Golden Rule Club, Ron. Listen, listen, that, that was the main thing. And, and my whole thing was, you know, we all go through some way, shape, or form something that we don't like or to, to a certain extent something that we feel like we can't change in that earlier standpoint of our life. And um, with me, that was where it really started with my connection with pro wrestling. Um, pro wrestling was an outlet for me. Uh, pro wrestling was that thing. It was almost like uh, my sense of therapy, uh, in a way, per se, to allow me to escape from reality, recenter myself, and introduce myself back to reality, even at a young age. And uh, and I think, you know, from then uh, until now and just a, a, a few of my accolades, that's that's where it really started for me. So most people deal with issues of self-concept, self-esteem, identity formation. So are you sharing with us that you were kind of developing an identity, self-concept, self-esteem through professional wrestling? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it was one of those things that, you know, when you look at everything that you're going through within life, um, you're like, man, you know, when is this going to end? You know, I think we've all been through some type of thing where we're like, when is this going to end? When is this going to change? Um, and then through that time, behind the four walls of my own confinement of my own house, through wrestling, um, I was like, all right, this is cool. This is interesting. It was my escape, my escape away from reality. And as the years continued on, my mind began to transition into, I think I can do this because I realized what it did for me. And I said, this is cool. I, I saw some form of a power that was within it that's able to change someone's mindset within life. And even at a young age, I didn't know it until later on in life within growing up in adulthood. But then I looked at it and said, something about this makes me feel like I can do this and be the same that this is for me right now, even at a young age. What were you trying to escape from, Ron? Um, I think I think one of the main things was definitely depression. Um, definitely depression. Uh, being bullied, you know, being the kid, I'm the youngest out of three sisters. I have a brother that lives in Chicago. I never met brother, talked to my brother, uh, but it was a falling out before I was born. Um, and it was one of those things of like, man, I kind of feel like I was in that road alone. In a way. Mm. Um, now looking back at it, I realized I was never alone. But when you're young and you're going through something like bullying, you're in school five out of seven days a week and five out of seven days a week, you're getting bullied rather verbally, rather physically. Uh, you're, you're getting some type of emotional damage. Depression was definitely that biggest chip 
or what people said, that monkey on my back. And um, that was the main thing that I was escaping from. I think I knew that I had some type of purpose, but it was hard to see what that purpose was at a young tender age going through through, uh, um, grade school and now trying to see what you have to offer. Did you feel you were being understood, Ron? Did you feel anybody listen to you then? I, I think yeah and no at the same time to a certain extent. But you know how it is. I think even as adults, we said, yeah, you know, you might understand or you, you talk to someone, they say, I understand. I feel what you, you may understand to a certain extent, but certain things you might not fully understand unless you're physically in my shoes. Well, I think one of the most disrespectful things, Ron, that a human being can say to another is I know how you feel. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's one of the things that where when I listen to people, you try not to go that because you really don't understand. Um, emotions, uh, emotions are something that's within, you know, you can understand um, how a person might be feeling a certain way, but you won't understand exactly how they feel. You can understand that someone is angry because you can see the emotion pouring out them. You can see that they're sad. You can see that they're depressed. You can see that they're happy. But you cannot fully understand the root that gets them to that external feeling. Well, Ron, we're all products of our past, and it's up to people to help understand they can choose whether to be a victim of their past or not, Ron. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think one of the things, and we, we've all heard it, Jim, um, you're a product of your environment. Um, sometimes, unfortunately, I feel like that is abused a lot of times, Um in my opinion, as a scapegoat of sometimes either people wanting to be comfortable of where they are. Um, but my mindset is, how can you use everything that you're going through to prepare you for the next story? Well, well, we often, through this show, talk to people about, we talk about life's like a video game, Ron. You play the game, you gain ex- experience. When you gain enough experience points, you level up. Yeah. And when you level up, you're able to play the game better. Absolutely. You develop more skills. But, however, sometimes some people just get stuck in a loop, Ron. That was actually a, a great point. And it was something similar that when I was going through life. And I even tell, you know, um, you know, rather have an opportunity to speak at church or um, different conferences and different things like that. Uh, I say you cannot have a testimony without first having a test. You can't even spell the word testimony without first spelling T-E-S-T. And similar to what you said, you know, there's a leveling, there's a leveling up process. When you take a test in grade school, the teacher might not give you the answers. You've been prepared leading up to that test. But when it comes to taking that actual test, it's now time for you to show everything that you've, that you've studied, everything that you've been through, and how to apply that in order to pass the test. Or just like you said, how to level up. I have to pass the test in order to get to the next grade. So how do we pass this test in this, in this game that we call life uh, in order to excel and get to that next level? Well, what we try to help people do is we not only give them suggestions, we tell them how to do it. How many times this people say to someone in life, well, life gives you lemons, make lemonade, and then they just walk away. Yeah, but how do you make the lemonade? <laughs> yeah. you, tell, you, tell, you tell me to make it. How, how many spoons of sugar do I use? Do I put ice cubes in it? Are we making pink lemonade? We're making normal lemonade, you know? Uh, but but that, that, is, that is a good point. <laughs> or just turn that frown upside down and they walk away. Yeah, it's like, how, 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 do you, how do you do it? And I think that that was one of the main things with, um, you know, going back to my childhood of, understanding that there is a way to get through it but you also have to understand how to start the car before you drive it. you can't just say well you drive it how do i start it first 
And then from starting it, how do I now put it in a drive? Well, we talked earlier, Ron, that a lot of people go through their life wishing and hoping and waiting for something to happen. And we try to help people understand that happiness is not the lack of problems. Happiness is being able to deal with them. Yeah. And I, I think that that's a great point. Um, when you go through it, it's, you, we, we hear it's not about how many times you fall, but how many times you get back up. Um, we're all going to get knocked down. It's, it's a part of life. It's a part of the growth process. But just because you get knocked down doesn't mean you're going to lose when it's all said and done. And it's just a, it's just another chapter. You know, books that only have one chapter aren't that interesting. As soon as you get into it, the book is over. But as you see through different chapters of it, you will have these different climaxes in life. You will have these different uh, rises. You will have these different falls. But at the end of the day, there's still going to be a conclusion. And, and I truly believe that you have the power to how that story is going to end. I like the way you're talking. I like the way you're talking. Failure seems to be classified as some type of a horrible, dirty word. But all failure is is finding out things that don't work, Ron. Yeah, yeah. And I, I tell people there's no such thing as failing unless you give up. And the way that I look at it is each day that I have to wake up, that's a day for me to be better than I was the day before. It's up to me to then take what whatever didn't go my way yesterday or whatever went my way yesterday and now apply it and be better than I was the day before. So there's a little boy getting bullied, probably, I would imagine, got a lot of anxiety, a lot yeah. of fear. Uh, and then you come home, which was a safe haven, yeah. and you retreat into professional wrestling, watching on. Tell, me, tell us some of the uh, wrestlers that you saw, some of the ones you connected with. Yeah, uh, The Rock. Eddie Guerrero, Hulk Hogan, Junkyard Dog. Uh, but Eddie Guerrero was the one that stuck out for me the most. Yeah. Eddie Guerrero. Uh, that was actually 1998. I was a WCW pay-per-view bash at the beach. I think it was him and his, uh, uh, him and Chavo Guerrero's yeah. loser had to cut their hair match. Ah. And um, it was just a way that he was able to gravitate to the crowd. And you felt that energy come back. And it, it's, it's strong, like even through a TV um, that you're just sitting, it's like watching your favorite show and you sit there and somehow you can find a way to gravitate to it. And with me, I was like, wow, like I've watched wrestling. I've watched wrestling that became a part of me. It became a tradition of me. Um, but then it was just something about that particular moment that I went in the mindset of being a fan to, I want to do this. Mm. I don't know how I'm going to get there yet, but I'm going to find a way to get there. And from that point on in 1998, that was my mindset. I'm going to be a professional wrestler. Ah. I'm going to be a professional wrestler. And I carried that dream. I carried that mindset. I carried that thought process all the way until I stepped in the ring for the very first time. So what we talk about is positive thinking. We're talking about taking steps forward. But there's a lot of naysayers in life that people tell you, why you can't do things. And I call that thinking in reverse. Yeah. 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 And you, you are the company that you keep. And I think, you know, if you surround yourself with negative naysayers, um, you can very well easily psych yourself out of your own dream or psych yourself out of your own progress without even knowing it. I, I equate it to, you know, you're, you're going to the beach and you go a little bit in the deep water. If you're not careful, 
you're going to find yourself slowly drifting away further and further from the shore where you have stability. But if you find yourself surrounding yourself with people that have the same mindset as you, they're going to keep you grounded where you are and allow you to learn even when you're in the deep water. Plant flowers, pull weeds, Ron. You got to plant them. You got to plant them. So, and, and, and that's one thing that when I really look at it is how are you planting these flowers? How are you pulling these weeds? Are you surrounding yourself with a bunch of weeds? Are you going to fully grow or are you going to get caught in the jungle? Well, you have to have the courage to pull those weeds, Ron. Yeah. Yeah. And most people in life are temporary. Most people in life are acquaintances or friends of commonality. So do you have people in your life, Ron, that you trust so much that if they said, fall, I'll catch you, you'd fall without hesitation because that's how much you trust them. Hands down. Hands down. I think it's very important, Jim, to find those type of people in your life. And just like you said, I think what happens is sometimes so many people get comfortable with those and those particular portions of their life that when people start to drift away or situations cause people to disappear, we try to cling to those people because we're comfortable. And what I try to tell people, and this is from my own personal experience, you have to find something in you that says it's okay to not be okay. And how do you get comfortable with being uncomfortable? And I think that that's a whole part of life. You're mentioning gardening when you know when you talk about a pruning process, uh, you're going to have to cut some weeds or some dead leaves off or some dead flowers off on that particular plant to allow that plant to fully flourish. And I think a lot of times people don't want to give themselves the opportunity to cut some dead weight off in their life uh, in order to have a proper growth. Well, the term comfort zone, I think, is a real misnomer because most people view a comfort zone as a place where, oh, it's, this is so nice, like having your man cave, whatever. <laughs> But a comfort zone can be so confining when we talk about thinking outside the box mm-hmm. and pushing the envelope. Nothing take place nothing takes place inside a comfort zone, Ron. No. It's identifying these bonds and barriers that are holding you back from stepping out. I consider everybody to be like a balloon, Ron, with an infinite capacity for expansion. And it's my job to frustrate themselves, frustrate them enough to push against those boundaries and push out. You know, I'm not running the friendship club, but yeah. I'm, trying, I'm trying to make people well. Yeah, you know, and, and I think that's the thing. If we continue on with what we're comfortable with, um, how do we find ourselves getting a proper growth? I think a lot of times what happens is we find ourselves comfortable, we get stagnant. We like where we are. We don't want to change where we are. We're comfortable right here. When, 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 you're, when you got bad weather outside, and, you know, your bed is nice and warm and, you know, you got the cover to your chin and you scoot in and you wiggle in and you find that comfort zone and you don't want to move. I tell you what, I actually did that this morning, but, but you, you, you don't want to move. But even in life, you have those times to where once you get comfortable, you don't want to move. And I say the same thing happens with life. You can't find yourself staying in a comfort zone. Just like you said, you have to get to a point to where you're uncomfortable. You know, if something makes you angry, then good. Maybe that's a a subconscious saying, okay, maybe I can change this. And then that maybe turns into a, I can change this. And I think a lot of times is we psych ourselves out and we forget that we have power in our, in our own words. We have power in our own mindset. And it's all about how you carry yourself after that. Well, abracadabra. I like it. Yeah. When you think of abracadabra, Ron, what comes to your mind? magic. Yeah, making something appear. So actually, it's a real word. 
it's Aramaic. It comes from Jesus' time. And roughly what it translates into, I speak what I create, I create what I speak. So in my world, 80% of cognitive behavioral therapy is changing the language and the way you speak to yourself. The cool kids now call it vision board. <laughs> your, word, your words have power, you know, and I, I think in the scripture says that there's power of life and death in the tongue. So if I speak something negative on myself, I'm already putting myself in a box that this can't get better. This won't happen like this. If I wake up and before I put my feet down, I'm like, oh, geez. Ah. I'm already starting myself in a mindset of this day, is, this day isn't going to be anything. Well, we live in a world where we're taught that we shouldn't experience any discomfort. And if we do, then we need to settle that. But it sounds like you dealt with a lot of discomfort. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things to where now when you look back at things, you kind of laugh at it. Um, in that present time, you might not laugh. Uh, and I actually just told the church this about a week or two ago. I said, if you take, for example, we're in year 2023 now. I said, if you take yourself of 2023 and put yourself in what you said was the worst thing, you didn't know how you're going to make it out in 2013, your 2023 self will laugh at yourself 10 years ago. But what I try to tell people is you've lived through every bad day of your life. Everything every single said, one of them. Every single one. And if, we, and if I think what a lot of people fail to understand is if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, that means you already lived through all of your what you perceived as your worst days. I was listening to an interview you had with Joe Fope Productions, and you talked about your father impressing upon you that you had to be three times as good. It's a mindset that I'm glad that he imparted to me at a, at a young age in that particular time. We're dealing with sports um, that goes into the, the world of academics that goes into life as a whole that goes into a career force with nine to five. It goes into pro wrestling. Um, no matter what you put your mind to, um, he said, you have to work two times, three times as hard. I think a lot of times, going back to the mindset, uh, some people don't like hearing that. And I, I've heard people from both sides of things of uh, that, you know, why, why, why tell a child that or why tell a young person that? That puts them in the mindset of being defeated. Um, in my opinion, it doesn't. That was a wake-up call for me um, that I have to wake up with the mindset to get after it. If I'm doing this, I can do this because I know that my opponent is working twice as hard. I need to do whatever I feel the person that wants what I have is doing. So if I feel like the person that wants this title or this title or this title, if they're at the gym at 5 o'clock in the morning, okay, I'm going to be at the gym at 4.30. If, if they're making a, 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 a dream board at 4 o'clock in the morning, all right, well, I'm going to start mine at 3 o'clock in the morning. But I have to see something within me has to be like, I'm going to take it one step further. And I think once you're able to really wake up and get in the mindset of saying, I got this and I'm going to achieve it, that's the first start right there. I think with me, uh, one of the things, my, my father, he's a, uh, a Air Force veteran, he's a jet engine mechanic, um, but it was one of those things where the simplicity of getting out of bed and making your bed as soon as you get out. A small thing like that is already subconsciously starting you in the mindset of being like, I'm in control of this day. It's starting right now. 
So was there a moment of clarity for you when you were young, when you said, I don't want to live like this anymore? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that that was one of the main things of growing up, especially with playing sports. Um, in ele- elementary school, starting from elementary school, I, I started baseball. Baseball was my first sport I played. Uh, the year after I picked up basketball, the year after I, pl- I picked up football. So I was a tri-sport athlete uh, going all the way into my pro wrestling journey. It started in 2011. I actually started pro wrestling right when I was uh, starting football in college. And it was that mindset of being like, okay, if I don't like this, then what am I going to do to change it? I can either use that energy to sit and complain, but then I don't provide any action or solution to change it. And I just say, what if, or I'm like, if it just would have went this way, if it just would have went this way, or I can see, okay, this isn't going the way I thought. What can I do to now counterbalance this? What can I do to my best ability to now change this? And my, the biggest thing that I always looked at is I never want to say, what if I should have, could have, would have, I want to put my best foot forward. And if things don't work out, I can say I did everything that I could and be satisfied with myself knowing that I put my best foot forward and I did everything that I could. We talked earlier about some people get into the mindset of wishing and hoping and waiting for something to happen. Would you have got that belt, Ron, if you were waiting for it to happen? No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. No, no. I'd probably be like 90, probably still trying to go after it. But no, it's uh, it's one of those things you, you you have to go after it. Um, and you have to be in a mindset of being like, it's going to be mine. Actually, uh, a fun fact about this one, uh, this is from a company, uh, RWA Renegade Wrestling Alliance. They run out of West Newton. Uh, I've been at that company for a little over six years. And I remember I told the owner, and this is brand new crowd, about 200, 300 plus. I told him the very first night that I was there, I said, I'm going to be your, I'm going to be your heavyweight champion. I'm going to be a real heavyweight champion one day. He was like, I like that attitude. And that was my mindset of letting him know that's mine. And however long it takes to get there, but the mindset is never going to change. Action and effort, Ron. Action and effort. If you have action and no effort, if you have effort, but you haven't implemented action. We tell this story often on this show about the difference between wishing and hoping and action and effort. And feel free to take it because I took it from somebody else. Uh, there was this person that prayed to win a lottery every day. <laughs> Sweat blood. Nothing ever happened. One day they got so angry that they went outside and they screamed up at this guy, God, why won't you let me win the lottery? And God called back down and said, could you meet me halfway and at least buy a ticket? <laughs> you got you got to do it. You got to do it. And and I, I said, uh, it's similar when I tell people, like you have to put some feet to your prayers. Um, I think when a lot of people look at the the faith aspect of it from the outside looking in, they think that, oh, this person is just going to sit there and just going to pray. Like, no, God encourages us that we have to, just like you said, we have to meet him halfway. We have to do our part. I can't just be like, oh, I hope that this happens. Well, what am I doing on my side of things to now exercise that? Uh, the scripture says faith without works is dead. I can have all the faith in the world, but if I'm not doing my part, then what, then what am I doing to meet him halfway? Buy the ticket. You got to buy the ticket. And we'll continue our conversation on our next podcast with the Reverend Ron Hunt. And a free prescription. Fruits, nuts, and vegetables. Unplug your television and take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we suggest that you fish without bait. Do a kindness for yourself and do a kindness for another. 
Forgive yourself and forgive another. Till all are free, none are free. Namaste, my friends. If you're interested in flying the colors of fishing without bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait.